Hello, hello, and welcome to Temple of the False Pod, where X are not optimized, but our play is sure as heck are fun. I'm Andy. I'm Bruce! And welcome back to the whatever episode this is. Uh, it's been <laughs> this week is, I, I think this is episode eight, so you know what that means. It's a deck tale. <laughs> Wonderful. One of us brought one of us brought a deck. I brought a deck. It was me. But I'm was you? ashamed of it. I'm just kidding, I'm not ashamed of it. I brought <laughs> my first of it. Yeah. I brought my first deck in. And uh I know what you're saying. Last season I brought my first deck in. That was like my first deck that like people helped build it, right? It was like a, a collaborative process. There's clear clear influence from the outside. This was like yeah. my first deck. I I built this from the the ground up in terms of deck list. And there were minor changes over the years that I had it. Uh, and we'll get into that uh, for sure. Uh, the the things that I wish I could change about it now. And I guess I can if I want to rebuild it. Yeah. But first things first, my commander right here is Drana, Liberator of Malakir. Yep. Uh, black, black, one for two, three. Legendary creature, vampire, ally. Uh, this is an ally deck. Just kidding. It's a vampire deck. Flying first strike. Whenever Dr whenever Drana Liberator of Malakir deals dam uh, combat damage to a player, put a plus one, plus one counter on each attacking creature you control. So the idea here is that you go wide, attack, Drana hits first strike, and then for normal damage, everything else, a little bit bigger. Yeah. Pretty straightforward. Uh, the idea behind this deck for me was, hey... I get to build a vampire deck. It's startlingly easy. Uh, I think it really kind of went to show me how with certain, uh, I guess, creature types, having that kind of deck, like a typal deck, yeah. uh, can be fairly straightforward, but to like make it your own is that extra challenge to like make it not just the vampire deck. Right to make it your vampire deck, uh, and I think I did an okay job. I think uh, I think typal decks like this are a great way to sort of set a deck on on some rails to help guide the new to help guide a new builder. And mm. like you said, your first the first deck that you put together solo, it just makes sense. This is a great way to lead you down lead you down particular paths. So. I think yeah, this is always a good call for a for a new for newer players. Yeah, and that's not even to say that typo decks are like strictly, you know, for newer players. Like if you no. bust out the, if if I were to bust out this deck now, I don't think anybody would be like, oh, you know, uh, or like think less of me for playing a vampire deck. Um, I mean, the last deck I the last deck I just built was an was a a, a Beeble Oathbreaker deck. Oh, look at so. you, Bruce. Know what we're talking about next? A uh, little bit, a little bit different, a little bit different. <laughs> so I, I just figured I, I would I'd go through this fairly quickly. I mean, sure. you know, with with deck tales, it's not necessarily about the cards in the deck. It's more yeah. about the idea. It's about the deck building process and any stories that kind of came with it. Right, Andy. Before you go any farther, um, I know that I mean there are some there are some cards in here, or there are some cards that aren't in here that are obvious that most people probably would have put in the deck. I'm assuming that there was either a dollar limit that you were looking at cards or it was cards you already owned or something along that line. Yeah. Um, I would say 
Uh, all of those things, yes. Okay. Uh, I think because this is my second deck, there was like definitely some things that kind of uh, were dollar limits. I don't have Urborg sure. in here, Tomb of Yawgmoth, because right. of that. It's a $25 yeah. card. Right. Um, or at least at the time, it was up there. Yeah. Uh, I think it's been reprinted a few more times, and it has come down to probably like 10 12 which still is... Yeah. A hard ask for me that's, that's still not cheap i think this was maybe the deck that made me consider my limit to be five dollars most for a card and sure. even that like have have like a limit to those like i can't have every card be five dollars right um i think if you look at this deck in terms of price uh let's see i was looking at, i think it's uh one 188 dollars currently yeah so. Um, and I think the the most expensive card in this deck may be Whip of Erebos at twelve dollars currently. Okay. Or no, Bloodline Keeper is is twenty four, which okay. I think it was less than that at the time. Right. But Vampires is just one of the classic magic types, yeah. and uh, you will always get more. And I think that's the nice thing about typal decks too is is uh, if it's a if it's an established type you will always like most most sets will have a card or two for you to like filter in or out and kind of keep moving keep updating your your deck sure. uh, and i think uh this this is like a nice starting point at least it was for me uh to like look at that so i guess uh a background just to kind of give you an idea of when i built this uh because it was one of my first commander decks uh, I started playing in the beginning of 2018, I think it was, when Dominaria came out. I think so, yeah. Um, it was either that or beginning of 2019. Let's see. Yeah, April 2018. So uh, I, I, I came into the game around the rivals of Ixalan time slot. My first uh, release was Dominaria. Uh, so you can kind of see here there's like some cards from that era, from that uh, set. Yeah. Uh, but then you also have some uh, cards like Forever Young from Eldraine, mm -hmm. which I think just filtered in over time. But yeah, I mean, I think, I guess we'll get the 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 elephant in the room out of the way. Uh, this deck, uh, and I know we talked about this two, uh, a few weeks ago, uh, this deck has 33 <laughs> lands in it. Uh, like I said, it was my first deck. Uh, did uh, If I was to build this again... <laughs> I'd start with 40. I'd keep a lot yes. of these utility lands or these, like, uh, you know, non-basics in here. Uh, yeah. But I would definitely bring up that that basic count. Basics, I currently have at 27, which seems like a lot. Uh, but considering it was... I didn't really understand a lot of the use of non-basics, I think 27 is great. Uh, I would probably bump it up more just to get that even 40. So yeah, getting that out of the way, I understand too low of a land count. Just period. Uh, the 33 <laughs> is unacceptable in any deck. Bring it to 40. But I'm also, I, I'm still terrible at making cuts. Uh, I think that's a pretty universal experience. But definitely like right. early on, it was uh, harder for me to to make those cuts and to cut seven more cards from this i think even still i would have a bit of a hard hard time but i think it's something you got to do uh 
Practice makes perfect. <laughs> uh, yeah. Even so, I have 11 mana sources uh, outside of lands, um, but uh, two of those are, are like one-time things. We've got Bubbling Muck, which helps with till the end of turn. Yeah. Um, and then we have Dark Ritual, which is a one-time thing, uh, but that can help you get uh, Drana out turn one. Uh, right. The beautiful, the beautiful nature of having a three mana commander in a single color is that Dark Ritual, turn one, Drana, start building her up, get those plus one, plus one counters on her. Right. As long as we're in the mana group, Bantu's Monument, I think, is just huge in this deck. All black creature spells you cast cost one less to cast. Forget about all the rest of it. Just ignore the rest of that alone. Almost every single card in this deck is a, is a vampire. Mm. And they're all black. I, this is just a significant savings. People forget, like, with the Monument and the, um, what's it called, Jet Medallion. You, you know, if you're, once, you're, once you've reached the point where you're looking at playing two spells in a turn, I mean, if you've got Bantu's Monument and four Swamps, there's a real good chance you can start playing two cards per turn just, by, just, because, you're, just because of the cost savings. Um, and that's that's huge uh, you know so many of the other mana rocks it's like you're getting one mana and that's great there's nothing wrong with that but with this one there are plenty of plenty of turns when you're getting way more than just one so and you've got all the all the swamps your need for more black should be pretty minimal so um i think i think bantu's monument is a is a great call on this deck i yeah i love the monuments the monument cycles obviously i i think yeah. that they are just generally speaking like cheaper versions of the medallions which obviously yeah. with the medallions it's any spell of that color right but uh with this uh in other decks especially two three color decks like yeah. they hit you know gold creatures yeah. they hit uh that color um, and then also the second line, which is uh, you essentially drain uh, your opponents. Yeah. And that fits with the theme really well with the vampires. That hits theme. It also hits on any creature, not just the black creatures, which is cool. Okay. Granted, I don't have non-black creatures in here, so we'll Yeah, I think so. Joyra's Familiar is the only... And I mean, like that's kind of where this deck kind of flowed from, was that I, I, I knew I had uh, Bantu's Monument. I love that card. Uh, Drana, I was like, all right, I'm gonna keep an eye on vampires because I know mm -hmm. that they like to fly, which will make me more uh, aggressive to attack, uh, make me more likely to go all out and like right. have all of my creatures get those plus ones because the plus ones only go on attacking creatures. Right. Um, and it I really, think, yeah, it really encourages you to just go for it. Yeah. And yeah. so then if I'm going down that route, maybe I, I have a whole section dedicated to anthems and pumps yeah. or caring about counters. So I've got like Ascendant Evancar, Bad Moon. Bad Moon's fun because it's symmetrical. Uh, Ascendant Evancar is fun because you're not going to have non-black creatures, uh, even if it is the other part is symmetrical. Uh, yeah. I mean, they're both symmetrical, but uh, <laughs> uh, it's, it's like a mini... Uh, Elish Norn, but also still six mana. <laughs> uh, I, I've got, I've got a lot of like targeted removal, which is fine. I mean, it's black; that makes sense. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't have any board wipes necessarily, uh, and that's again fine. Yeah. It's not like you need them in your decks. Um, 
but like I like some of the the removal that I have on theme like Drana, Calastria, Blood Chief, where yep. you're uh, pumping mana into her to like uh, give her a bigger power to get rid of any potential blockers or any current blockers. Honestly, um, the 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 flexibility there is nice. Right. Um, but then I've got things uh, go for the throat. Great on theme. Um, murder is fine. Yeah. It's expected. Yeah. Uh, but then I have things like Vamp- uh, Viper's Kiss, which I love. It, so for those who don't know, it's a single black enchantment aura from Theros. It says enchant creature, enchanted creature gets minus one, minus one, and its activated abilities can't be activated. So this is either uh, removal, period. Like maybe something mm-hmm. has a one toughness. Happens yeah. all the time. Or it's soft removal and you're just shutting down their activated abilities, which is excellent. Uh, Honestly, it's it's ideal. Because yeah. a lot of times you don't want to kill like a creature with an activated ability you kill it and then they just bring it back. And this one, no, there's nothing to bring back. It's still there. It's just a little bit smaller and can't actually do what you wanted it to do in the first place. You know, and that, at one mana, fantastic. Yes. Um, and I, I, I have all of these removal, but like I then look at like my card draw. I have it listed as card advantage because not all of it's draw. Uh, I've got Underworld Connections. This is the kind of thing that I want. I want to pay life to draw cards. Yeah. Um, doing, it, doing it at the expense of also having to tap a land, not great. But it gives me that like flexibility to do it end of turn. Yeah. Siphon Mind is a one-way or a one-time draw three cards maybe uh right sign in blood draw two cards once uh phyrexian arena another great card that just kind of increments that value uh but like this deck needs uh, i i know i know that this deck needs card draw there have been so many games where i'm like oh sweet like i've got all this discounted uh black creatures i play down all my creatures and now my hand's empty somebody else wraths the board Oops. And obviously, you could look at that and say, well, then slow down. Don't play out everything. But this is an aggro deck. Right. Well, I mean, if you're going to slow down, then what is Drana doing? Right. Exactly. Yeah. No, I completely get it. Um, I was going to save it for later, but it just seems perfect right now. Uh, Vanquisher's Banner. Mm. Um, what is it? You're going to get some, you get Creature Pump and Card Draw from it. And I know it's not, I think it's five mana to cast. Your creatures are all getting plus one, plus one, and, you get, and you're drawing cards. Vanquisher's Banner's not in here because I know you haven't updated this one in a little while. That's all. Uh, and yeah. I think, yeah, I think this would be a, an easy add for this deck. Yeah, I think kind of honing in that, that obviously, the 40 lands, uh, honing in the mana package in itself, uh, maybe get less of the the one-time effects, uh, especially in card advantage areas, uh, so that I can really start like being able to recover from uh, right from 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 the wraths and from that kind of thing. Yeah, um, which I do have a number of 
things in my recursion package. Yeah. Uh, but it is uh, some of them. A lot of them are like one-time things. Forever Young does it once. March of the Drowned. I liked this card in my pirate deck. It's fine here. One mana sorcery. Put card from creature. Put creature from graveyard into hand. Pretty good yeah. at one mana, honestly. Oh yeah. Recover, same thing, but it replaces itself. And then obviously Whip of Erebos is faux recursion. Yeah. I really like the uh, I like Demonic Vigor and the parallel with Viper's Kiss. Yeah. One gets plus one, plus one, the other one minus one, one. Yeah, it, I know it's not a perfect parallel, but they're both one mana auras, and it's like they just, you know, they, they kind of balance on either side of the scale. I really like the way that, uh, yeah. the way that laid out. It was definitely like a thing where I, I saw that... Uh, my deck wanted to play a lot of these bigger creatures and I wanted to balance it somehow. I wanted to be able to do things without having to pay seven mana for Butcher of Malakir and that was all I did right. that turn, right? Uh, right. And then, obviously, Exsanguinate. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't think I've ever won with Exsanguinate. Uh, I think I had this in here because I was like, it's doing the vampire thing. Yeah. Uh, You've got the Exsanguinate-Sanguine Bond combo in here. Um and I know that I know that when this deck was put together, that was not something you considered at all. But no. it it goes. Um, and well, yeah. I don't. Is, is I don't think a... I've ever seen you play them at the same time. Yeah, I mean, I guess the the that that combo is not necessarily infinite. Um, no, no, no. But, but yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> uh, I I definitely like the first time I played Sanguine Bond. I remember somebody asking me like do you have a way to go infinite with this? And I was like, I have no idea. I am new to this game. I've been playing for four months, you know? That, I think that's the thing with this deck, is that I think I was I was almost there in a lot of cases. Um, I think that this deck should focus on either the, the counter synergy or the vampire synergy. And, right. like, I think it can do well enough, or it can do both well enough because vampires inherently are, like, plus one counter... Fiends. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but then I kind of just like have a lot of things dedicated in this deck that are just like, it's a black deck. Uh, yeah. That are just kind of. Eh. I like Vampire Hexmage. Mm. I think Vampire Hexmage has only gotten even stronger since this was started. Plus and plus encounters are rampant. They're all over the place. There are so many new types of counters. It deals with all of that. It's. Uh, I mean, my particular playgroup, the Ozolith, wipe all those counters off the Ozolith. Even better, yeah. it's it completely hoses any, absolutely any, Planeswalker. Yeah. Uh, and like, God, if they are daring enough to play a Planeswalker with this on board, and then they don't immediately activate it, you have priority as soon as they do anything that you can sack it and get rid of their planeswalker uh and even if they do a thing with it you still have priority at some point that you can just get rid of their you know maybe they're they're savvy enough to like recognize this and maybe politic with you and like hey if i don't yeah uh drill you into the ground with with value <laughs> um right will you not kill my planeswalker and then obviously you have that detonation for when they're about to ultimate it. Or if it comes down to just the two of you, then yeah, you can you can do that. And uh, this this card at thirty five cents, uh, yeah. especially post War of the Spark, needs more play in general. But also like 
even beyond hosing planeswalkers, just a great utility for everything we were talking about. Ozolith, right. which would work great in this deck. Shield counters. Uh, mm-hmm. If you have something that's got three stun counters on it, uh, don't don't even have to worry about it anymore. It's great. Um, this is like a ultimate toolbox card at black black. Yeah. Right. Those those indestructible counters. Oh yeah. So, yeah. Um, the things that I was when I was organizing this deck before uh, before we recorded uh, into categories so that I understood where I was coming from. Uh, I had like a little category called slight synergy. Yeah. Um, Basilisk Scholar, love this yeah. card. Uh, works obviously wonders with any of my creatures, but especially Drana because Death Touch and First Strike is amazing. Uh, yeah. Because nobody's going to block unless they absolutely need to. So like very good in terms of like creating more evasion for Drana who already has First Strike and uh, yeah. flying and really getting through and getting those plus one counters on everything else. Uh, equally as good as Fire Shrieker. And both of these, I feel like, hold the same place in my heart in terms of, like, I want to put these in every one of my decks because the value you get off of them is amazing. Uh, but Fire Shrieker, especially in this deck, put it on Drana. Drana hits, puts every a uh, plus one on every attacking creature, and then on normal combat, does it again. Uh, right. And obviously, the math kind of implodes on itself but like uh it it really does add a lot of counters very quickly yes to be clear that second group of counters doesn't count for combat damage for those for those creatures it just means the next turn they're already that much bigger you're getting two counters instead of one and oh yeah no it's uh yeah that that piles things up real fast yeah what I think is interesting, too, with, with Drana specifically, is that if you're only attacking with Drana, you've got Fire Shrieker on her. Uh, she attacks, she hits for two, she puts a plus one counter on it, and then she hits for three. You just did five. Uh, now she's got four power because she added another plus one. Um, and then next turn, you do it again. Uh, you're doing, what is it, uh, four and then five, so that's nine, so nine and seven. You've, you're already at 16 commander damage yeah. uh, through two combats. Yeah. Um, and so that's just one more hit, and there they go. Um, I think the card that stands out of this deck most is Una's Black Guard. Uh, okay. But I think that's because of the metas that I've played in, whether it's your playgroup or just like anywhere else I've played this deck, where it makes sense as a card why it's in the deck, but I feel like it just doesn't. I don't know. It doesn't create the, the, the experience with this deck that I want. This deck's not trying to make people discard, but that's all this card does. So for yeah. one and a black, for a 1-1 one, one, uh, creature, fairy rogue flying, each other rogue creature you control enters the battlefield with an additional plus one, plus one counter on it. So with this deck, there's only one other rogue, so the, the first part's not super relevant. Right. Uh, the thing that really comes in play is whenever a creature you control with a plus one, plus one counter on it deals combat damage to a player which is going to be almost always. Yeah. That player discards a card. If you hit with six creatures, they're discarding their hand, which is oppressive. Uh, granted, maybe they should block at that point, but... With Drana, they're getting hit first, and then they discard a card. And then then here comes another one. Even if you're only swinging with two creatures, is one of them is Drana, 
They're doing first strike damage. They deal that damage first, and then there's another one. Even with just two creatures, they're discarding two cards. That is nasty. That's a, a best-case scenario kind of thing. Yeah. Overall, I feel like it, it it's an easy takeout. Like, yep. it does it does what it wants. It yep. synergizes well with the commander, synergizes well with the rest of the deck. Mm-hmm. But overall, it just kind of it doesn't create the game that I want, uh, right. which is taking everyone's life. And giving yeah. it to me. Like, that's what right. I want out of the game. Yeah. I want vampire <laughs> roleplay as a right. deck. Uh, and so, like, there's... I could go through all these cards and figure out, like... Is this adding to that? Me sucking their life out. <laughs> uh, right. And some of the times it's a yeah. Or some of the times it's a... It makes my creatures do it better. And that's right. pretty much what it is. Yeah, that's not bad either. So, uh, so I think uh, kind of starting to wrap this up... The things I would change, 40 land. Let me say it again. 40 land. Yes. The other thing, more card draw. Not just mm-hmm. cards that draw you cards, but things that generate that that momentum of reloading right. your hand. Yeah. Um, I could keep in, you know, sign in blood, vampire, sure. Uh, yeah. But I think overall finding cards that maybe you've never heard about finding cards that do that more than once uh, yeah. or ways to recur that one of the obvious ones but again it's a it's a this is a dollar and cents thing it doesn't make sense when you're looking at it dollars and cents wise bolus is citadel you're already gaining a ton of life with this deck if all you're having to do is pay life equal to the mana cost of the card on the top you are essentially drawing cards and getting them out onto the battlefield right away um, Bolas's Citadel is, it gives you the card advantage and, you know, and it's something uh, to do with that life total. Right. Right. And I mean, loosely it's kind of mana ramp because you're using your life instead of the mana. Um, I think, yeah, I think that's an easy add on, but again, Bolas's Citadel isn't cheap. I believe it's, I believe it's what, well over $10, I think. Is it? I've got a couple. Um, and, but that's the thing is that I, I do remember. have a couple, so it's like. Uh, depends on which one you want. The uh, the old frame love your LGS one is four fifty right now. Uh, okay. The the normal War of the Spark one is ten dollars. So yeah, yeah, it's it's not like super expensive, but it's not right. cheap for sure. Yeah, uh, it's also a six man artifact, so like you got to get there. Uh, it also gives you a way to end the game if you can't get through with combat, because a lot of people are going to start putting up walls. People are going right. to create the defenses that they need that you that they stop you. Yeah. Uh, Bolus's Citadel lets you take 10 life from each player. Yeah. Like that. And that's before any other uh, dies, triggers, or anything. Um, right. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's so much you can do with this deck. I think this is a great starting point, except yeah. for the land count. <laughs> uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna put the I'm gonna put the list in the in the description. Sure. Uh, so if any of you are looking for like a like an easy quick so so budget commander deck uh, to yeah. start with, check this out. Check out the things that you'd yeah. add to it, take away from it. Uh, we've had three sets on Innistrad since this deck was made, or two. So like more vampires there. I mean, mm-hmm. we get vampires pretty much every set anyway. So check that out. Uh, I think adding Ozolith would be a good shot if you have the money. Yeah. Um, looking more into uh, 
creatures or anything that's like, oh, when you add a plus one to this thing or that thing or whatever, like whenever yeah. you create a new counter, like do X, Y, or Z. Like there's so many ways you could go with this deck that sometimes you just need a place to start. <laughs> sometimes you just need a list and then add from there. So check it out. I've added it in the description. But I yeah, think, uh, you know, take this deck where you want to go. I think that yeah. there, there, there are the bones of many decks in this yes. deck and that's the problem with it uh so yeah well um, the joy the joy of vampire title vampire has been around long enough that you can take you can target it into one, one specific, if you want to go uh vampire plus one plus one counters you can if you want to do vampire uh just straight up vampire recursion you can if you want to do um you know butcher of malakir style of vampires you can do that too there's there's all sorts of options so yeah whatever whatever you want to do so but yeah i think that's, that's really all we've got time for today we'll be back uh next week hopefully with a new episode a new thing to talk about probably not a deck list uh but we'll see we'll see where we're at next week hope that you join us thank you so much for listening thank you so much for watching if you're watching on youtube which if you are press that subscribe button you get to see all the cards we talked about, or at least most of yeah. them. But that's going to do it. Because we're Temple of False Pod, we're next and not optimized. Better play sure as heck are fun. I'm Andy. I'm Bruce. Again, thank you for tuning in. Play some magic for me, and may your fifth land be the temple. Bye! Wait, wait. Before you go, I uh, just wanted to say thank you for listening. You can reach out to us via email at falsepodmtg at gmail.com. Or on Twitter, at FalsePodMTG. Bruce is at ManaBurned, and I'm at AndyWeekend, though you'll definitely notice I use the podcast Twitter far more often. Now that we've got you here, make sure you subscribe, like, rate us on uh, whatever podcast platform you use. It helps us out. It gets us more reach. Subscribe to us on our YouTube channel. Uh, like a video there. Leave some comments for more casual enjoyment. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back with some more timeless discussions about all things casual. So come hang out, and may your fifth land be the temple. Bye-bye. Should I do my best, Bruce? Bye!